Welcome, Sam. Hello, Dean. Here we are for the first episode of the Brand With podcast. How very exciting. It is very exciting. Um, and we've got something interesting to talk about today to kick things off, uh, which is um, how you go about protecting your brand. That's the first thing that I want to talk about. And um, interestingly enough, the backstory behind that for everyone out there is while we just said that was the first episode of the Brand With podcast, this may or may not have had another name a month ago. <laughs> we may or may not have recorded a few episodes and we may or may not have dilly-dallied, let's say, in getting our editing done and getting it together in between our busy schedules and um, realised that uh, we uh, we found another podcast late in the game that had the same name. So yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a nasty episode. We... we uh, <laughs> We, we put a lot of hard work and effort into it as you do with something like this yeah. and, and, you know, took our time to get everything right and and uh, created a, a nice, beautiful website and put our show notes up and and literally got to that last uh, exciting point where we had just we one button uh, click away and, and I saw there was a notification that just said, make sure your podcast name is unique. And I thought, I better, I have checked this, but I better go and go, check yeah. it one more time. And uh, to my horror, <laughs> four weeks prior, uh, uh, after months and months of planning on our end, uh, there's a, another show um, completely sort of unrelated to the world of marketing and, and brand with the identical name that we chose. So, yeah, it's, it's, so it made me think about another example I had, and, and it's probably a really good place to start um, talking when you think about it. Um, so perhaps it was a little bit serendipitous. Um, because if you're going to do anything in business and you're going to spend some time, um, you know, building a brand, um, building a business through marketing, you know, spending your time and money and, um, and all that on it, you want to make sure that you're protected or that you're not infringing on someone else's um, trademark or copyright. So in that instance, what, what we were talking about there, we would potentially be okay because we're not in the same um, area. Um, and, and and that's one of the the, the kind of the rules. It's, you can't just have a name and then all of a sudden it's you know no one else can use it for anything. It is all to do with um, what 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 you're doing. However, um, you you know you, you want to get it right early on. And I had an interesting scenario probably about three years ago now when I decided I was going to write a blog uh, on um, on branding. And it was uh, the name I'd come up with was um, Branding Matters. And I had done some preliminary searches on the IP Australia website. So there's a tool, you can Google IP Australia, and it's quite helpful. They, they, there's a tool there you can go on and, and check, you know, whether a trademark exists. And it's, it, you can look at, you know, one word or two words or, and putting words together and a few things. So I did all that and, um, and nothing came up. So I went ahead and then registered the business name. So I didn't, because if you have to, I wanted a .com.au and you have to have a business name. It was a blog, not a business. Perhaps that wasn't something I should have done, but I wanted the .com that I used. So I um, went ahead and did that. And as the blog got kind of successful, um, about a year later, I got a nasty letter from uh, a lawyer in Sydney um, accusing me of all these nasty things, which I think is their um, MO. They go in hard initially. Um, and uh, there's an, I think there's an agency in Sydney called Brand Matters and who had the trademark brand matters. And um, so they were uh, accusing me of trying to pass off as them, even though it was clear this was a blog, it wasn't a business, it looked nothing like them. But um, so at that point I had I, I had a choice to make. I could either fight them on it um, 
or I could give them everything and start again. So, because it was really a, you know, it was a, it was a hobby. Um, I wasn't putting heaps of my hard earned into it. I just, you know, I found another domain name, which is branding and strategy blog, something really easy, <laughs> and just shifted it over quickly and, and gave them everything. But it highlighted for me, I went back and had a look at the process I went through and um, it highlighted for me the, the I guess, how the, the online tools aren't 100%. And that's, so what the problem was there is that Brand matters, branding matters. The computer isn't clever enough at the moment, perhaps it should be, um, to kind of say, well, let's put some, what are they, suffixes on the end yeah. of words. And um, because the thing is, you can't just change a letter. Um, like I can't go and register Coke with a K or, and you know, that it's, it's, it doesn't work that way. So if, mm -hmm. if it sounds kind of similar to something, then you potentially have a problem. So it highlighted to me that uh, if you're going to, you know, do something seriously, for me, it was okay. It was just a blog. Mm. It was just something I did as a hobby. Um, but if that was a business and I'd spent, a, you know, a year investing time and money and whatever into it, then it would have been, you know, would have it would have been really disastrous because I would have really had to start again. Um, so my advice to anyone is um, to actually, uh, you know, to, when you get to that point, get a lawyer to 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 check it off. I think. I don't know, they would probably vary an IP lawyer, probably around something like that between a grand and two, two grand, mm. but it is essentially insurance yeah. um, that, um, that that doesn't, doesn't happen to you. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a definitely an a, uh, important story, I think, for, for anyone to consider. I think the, the other side of it for me is, is what, you know, is the sort of crisis management angle. Yeah. So, you know, inevitably things like this happen every day. And, and if you're in business for any length of time, uh, chances are something along these lines is, is going to happen. Yep. Um, you know, and, and you know, what, what you can do when you find yourself in this situation, certainly with the podcast, um, you know, we went through a, a little bit of, a, of um, I don't know, a, f a few different sort of ways of, of thinking that we might deal with this. And I know our, our first sort of reaction was, you know what, let's publish it anyway and, and we'll deal with it after the fact. Um, well, you know, podcasts can change their name, that, that's fine. We've got these great episodes that we've worked hard on and, and, and I think we, we, we came pretty close to doing that. Yep. And to some degree, I'm not sure that it would have been a bad idea. No. Um, you know, I, th I can't remember the topic of the, or the, yeah, the category of this, this other podcast, but I think it was, you know, comedy yep. <laughs> or something, um, you know, in, a, in another country, you know, we, we probably could have coexisted with that same name yep. quite easily. You know, um, in some respects, I think, um, you know, they, this other brand had took no lengths to see if anything was out there. I mean, we probably didn't go as far as checking on IP Australia with that particular name, but we certainly checked other websites. Yeah. You know, we got ourselves a, a website. Um, these, these guys didn't have a website. They yeah. just went a bit quicker to market. So, you know, and that, that would have probably been a, a, a really uh, fine, appropriate way to do. In the end, we've decided, you know what, we haven't launched anything yet. It's disappointing that we don't get to launch, you know, a month or two ago yeah. when we could have yeah. and, and we put all that hard work in. But, you know, we've, we sort of have no brand you know, it's, it doesn't, right. doesn't cost us a lot to go back and, and create it again from scratch. Yeah, I think that the, the key to that crisis management is to ensure there isn't a crisis to start with. So you yeah. can do through the planning. I mean, at work at the moment, we've probably the last couple of months been working on more brand names than, than, um, than we have for a little while. And 
um, for, for organisations. We do a lot of work for Apple and Pear Australia and they have these new varieties of um, apples and pears that are being branded. Branded apples and pears are um, becoming, you know, even more popular um, around the world. So it's interesting with those because we have to look for a name that um, uh, is registrable in Australia but potentially registrable mm. overseas as well because they grow them in Europe and in America and that's when it gets from a, a, a legal point of view um, pretty um, a lot more in-depth and it's way out of my um, my realm. However, um, you you can put in the work initially to get at least maybe we always try to come up with three or four names that we can then take to the lawyers that we're happy with. Obviously, we've got, you know, yeah. maybe one that you, you know, really like the most and it really fits the brand strategy the, the best. Um, however, you can't be too, you've got to yeah. try not to be too wedded to that. Um, and so the way you can really go about it is, like I said, start start in um, start on IP Australia. Um, it will give you a list of all the categories. So there's lots. I can't remember off the top of my head. There's services or products. Yeah, they have different codes. You can read through there and work out what category you're in or what categories you might want to be in. Um, and then you can do your search that way, and it'll tell you if there's something there or something mm -hmm. similar. So often. Um, you know, you might find a name that uh, is 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 fine in your category, but not in another. That's absolutely okay if you're not in completely different businesses or products. Um, and then you develop kind of a short list list around about that. Some will get knocked out immediately. Um, and then the other part of as well is thinking about a domain strategy. Mm. So the name's one thing, but that name might be you know that other person that has the the, the brand in the other unrelated field or category might already have the domain. So what does that mean now? And I think it's an interesting discussion we could probably have around that. I'd actually like to get your point of view on yeah. it. Um, might come back to it in, in a, yeah. after um, kind of talking about how this works. But once you've got gone through all that and you're kind of happy with, you know, you've got three or four names, then speak to an IP lawyer and get them to run through it. And then what they'll end up doing is coming back to you with um, some advice on on all of those names, or uh, and uh, on on whether you've got complete clear air, or potentially there are some names that have um, they might they may cause a problem, but they may not. So they're upfront with you at that point, and um, and then get them to give you the the final advice and, and help you register it that way. But the domain name and the domain strategy is an interesting one because we found that um, maybe five years ago. Uh, we'd be working on names, and there's a. Um, we'd be trying to find uh, names for brands which are, which would fall into what we call the invented category. So they're not real words. They're. I wanted to ask words, you about this. Yeah, actually, a couple yeah. of words smashed together, um, or like a Latin word or a learnt word in another language. For all intents and purposes, we call an invented name um, uh, a name that's in another language if it's not you know English, mm -hmm. um, and. So it was like changing a letter. I remember all those, there was all those um, uh, web addresses out there. They'd like be a word with a letter taken mm. out or you take the vowels well, the big out. One, the big one was you put the, put L-Y on the end of it, right? That's right. Like, well, that happened for <laughs> Invitely. Invitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you, you know, you take a, take a vowel out. And um, that happened for a while because, and I think a lot of that was because people were trying to get um, the domain name. Well, it's, it's got to be getting hard, right? And this is the question I wanted to ask you. Yeah, yeah. Um, is, 
you know, like every year, it's not going to get easier. Every year, this has got to get a lot harder. This is something you do every day, but on the the few occasions that I've had to sort of look at this kind of thing, I found it really challenging. And certainly the process that I've gone on is we find the perfect name and then get heartbroken when you realise that, you know, you're the hundredth person to think of that same name and have that same idea and you go through that process four or five times, you know, before you, you know, you end up reinventing something else. Obviously, I've come from the SEO world, right, and we're, we're the worst at this. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> right. So we're the one that go, okay, what are you? You're a, you're a plumber. Let's go plumbermelbourne.com, <laughs> you know? And and you know, and this is interesting too from a from a legal angle, right? You can't trademark, you can't that. trademark that. You know, so so what you end up having, and I think actually, you know, I say plumbers, dentists, uh, I think the SEO um, world got their hands into dentists really early. Really? Yeah, I think every okay. dentist has like three or four websites, you know, veneersmelbourne.com, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. dentalimplantsmelbourne.com, you know, and some with hyphens in it. So there's like, there's probably about five, you know, dentistmelbourne.com.au, you know, with dentist slash Melbourne, dentist underscore Melbourne, you know, and that was, a you know, there's nothing to do with, with IP. Um, uh, or um, a trademarking, yep. it's it's everything to do with which domain name can you buy, and, yep. and sort of leads into that domain. Well, I've got a different opinion on that now, a little bit, and but I've I've given this opinion to a few clients, and not not everyone agrees with me, uh, and I might not be right either. But I I wonder now, like me, I Google a name, so um, you know if I um, if I want to find Biz Wisdom's email um, web address, I'll just Google Biz Wisdom. I assume it's bizwisdom.com.au or .com, but I'll just Google it. Yeah. And so, I, and so, if I'm looking for a, a business, I'll just Google their name first. So, the domain name is less important for me these days. Like you yeah. might, you might put your Biz Wisdom, mm. you know, in Ooh. front of it, or or the Biz Wisdom, or. Um, so, something like yeah. it's, or or, a, or even a, a slogan, as long as it's not, yeah. it's got to be connected a little bit. But I find it less. Um, I'm, I'm more, I'm more keen to get the name right, make sure it's aligned with the brand, um, because a name, you know, from a positioning point of view, for me, is 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 so important. If, if yeah. you've got a name that says what you do in an interesting way, or um, then you're halfway there. You don't have to spend a heap of money. And, explaining and that's the challenge. And if, and if you're thinking of it from, from a new business perspective, there's a lot of different angles here. And, you know, one is, I, I think, absolutely, if you can create a name that says what you do in that name, then certainly from launching a business, particularly if you're bootstrapping and you've got no capital to, to, to really go big with a, a massive brand activation, yep. then, then that can be really advantageous. But the same thing, talking about, you know, your process of Googling a name, you know, we've, we've uh, got a client recently that launched a business They had a very practical brand name that included, you know, really, it was, you know, their brand name really was the product category. Yep. Um, and they couldn't rank for their own brand name. Yep. And they're investing in, um, you know, a, a little bit of above the line marketing to, to get some brand exposure out there. But if anyone Googles their name, all their competitors come up because they've been around for longer. It is the category. It is a dis- description yeah, of the yeah. category, and they yeah. can't. And that, to, to me, is is a, you know, be, you know, you should be able to guarantee that you can rank for your own brand name. Yeah. Um, and certainly from a digital perspective, that is, um, you know, I, I like invented category. I hadn't heard that. I called them nonsense names. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. It was better, but but that sort of made up name is certainly stronger from that. Perspective, you know, yep. if if it doesn't exist out there, it's a word that doesn't exist in any language. You'll be able to rank for your own brand name, and really, from starting the business, um, from from certainly the angle I approach it on, that should be a given. You should be able to to rank for your brand name. Um, but then the flip yep. side, of course, is 
the strength in that category name is is that um, you know anyone searching for that category, if that's your category name, then maybe there's some advantages there as well. Um, yep. You know, and and uh, you don't have to grow your brand to potentially get a lot of you know organic search traffic. It's or whatever an interesting it might one be. though, but even like you know, so you use your name again, Biz Wisdom. It says it says what you do without being the category. I mean, it's mm. a bit broad in what you do, and often with brands though. Um, you know, you'll lock under, up underneath that a slogan or a promise which says yeah. everything. So I have a bus test, I call it. So if, the, if, if your brand mark, and I mean your logo, business descriptor slogan goes past on a bus or on a cab or on a billboard, someone should be able to get what you do and, a, and enough of your story mm. to be interested in 10 seconds. Yeah. And you'll often find people come up with a great, like sounding name that means nothing and they've got to do a heap of work to get it is what they do across. Yeah. And that's fine. Um, but uh, you know, the, the harder you can work to try and find a name that does that for you, it's not always possible. And that, that's the, I mean, there, there is a flip. I, I actually think if you've, if you've got an invented name that means nothing, yeah. if, if you're able to reach whatever that brand tipping point is, where you you're a widely recognised brand name, then yep. that's an advantage, yep. right? Like yep. you're in a much sure. stronger place than when you've got the. But it does take a lot of work there, and you have to kind of ask yourself, well, you know, Am do I we have enough? Yeah, do we have the capital behind us yep. to grow this brand name? Because you're going to have to put a lot of work yep. into it. Um, and, and if the answer is no, well, you you know, having that nonsense name will actually become a, a hindrance because talking about googling, if people don't know how to spell it. You know, uh, you've got to put that work in, into into that as well. You know, there's all sorts of other other challenges that that uh, you end up having to go down. So there, there's this pros and it's cons. It's funny because I like you know when 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 coming up with names, uh, you know, using your example of you know for an SEO point of view, the more generic it is, the harder it is for you to kind of mm. um, to kind of work. It's something I hadn't considered too much, to be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. So many things to consider. Well, and, and it can be an advantage. I mean, there, there was a time, so going back, I don't know, seven or eight years, there was a time, you know, obviously Google's algorithms are changing all the time. So there was a time where um, the number one ranking factor or pretty close to the number one ranking factor from Google was actually domain name, if your keyword was in the domain name. Um, and that was definitely, it was a sort of a dark period, I think, for SEO, yeah. where like the best strategy for most businesses was go out, buy lots of domain names and, and throw up little websites everywhere. Because, so just interesting on that, if I can cut in there a second, because that's something I want to kind of understand. We bought, at Demarca, we own um, brandstrategy.melbourne yeah. and branddesign.melbourne. And another one, I think, and yeah. we haven't done it. We never did anything, anything with them in the end, and we almost have our new website completed. And the next step, once that's there, is to maybe think about what we're going to do with them. But yeah. I had assumed when we got them that because you know that because we had brandstrategy.melbourne, that once it's up there, brand strategy. If someone Google's brand strategy in Melbourne, then we should rank pretty highly for that. But I don't believe that. Well, it's it's a funny either. one. It, certainly, seven or eight years ago, it was almost enough just to have that. Yeah. Well, and you would for that particular brand strategy, you would be number one, almost yeah. guaranteed. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, what happened was SEO people being SEO. That that was the strategy. You everyone ran out and bought this. Ruined it for everyone. I mean, that's a theme. You know, marketers ruin everything yeah, for everyone, yeah, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. But um, but but um, that's exactly what happened. And then, of course, what Google do is they go, oh wow. What's the quality of our search results like now? Oh, it's really poor. You know, we've seen from this, you know, since we ratcheted up the the, the uh, value of, of a keyword rich domain name, you know, how our search, search results got better for a period and then they got a lot worse. Yeah. And then they sort of 
bring it back down and it comes back in line. It's interesting though, we're sort of going through um, a bit of a renaissance of that. I think once they once they sort of, once they ratcheted it back down again yeah. um, and everyone sort of, okay, we'll migrate those websites back in, we'll get rid of all these, you know, satellite sites that we've built and, and all of that, you know, over time, Google has sort of gone, oh, what happens if we ratchet it up? Hey, quality is still pretty it? good. Are they changing it regularly? Google? They do. I mean, there's 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 still the big manual algorithms changes. You know, and they used to throw the whole world into into chaos and yep. like, oh, Google's changed the algorithm. Um, these days, it's not quite like that. They do still have the big ones, but they've switched to machine learning. So oh. so this stuff is happening in a micro level all the time. Wow. And and it's different by industry. You know, and I think one thing that that going to, to machine learning has enabled Google to do is to really sort of test and learn at a very small scale, oh. industry by industry, vertical by vertical um, in, in that sense. So, so you know, for, for us, from SEO perspective, you know, what we're sort of doing is if we get a new client in an industry that we're not familiar with, the first thing you're looking at is, oh, how does a search results page look for that industry compared to everyone else and what you know what do we think the the ranking factors for that particular category is going to be yeah. you know there isn't this sort of, I mean there are you still your, your key rules of yeah. certain things that are going to apply to everyone it's more for category but yeah you're really wow. starting to kind of look okay for this brand what are the ranking factors that we're seeing um, and and you know that's only happening in a small way now but that's going to get better you know or more and more significant as it, yeah. as it goes on um, but yeah I, I you know these do change all the time and and you sort of you just start to see little trends and one of the trends I'm seeing now is a sort of return of the of the keyword rich uh, domain name. Oh, that'll be so, good for us. Just in yeah. time. <laughs> I think we bought it five years ago. So yeah. just in time to finally reap, reap some yeah. of those. And, and, and that is certainly true for, you know, as I say, for some categories more than others. There's certainly categories that exist now that I would say, you know what, keyword rich um, domain name is almost the best ranking factor. And there's others where it doesn't matter doesn't at matter. all. Uh, so. so what you're saying, Sam, is it's just really difficult, regardless. It is. It is. Well, what makes me makes me think like um, of all the factors that 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 go into um, success. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so multifaceted, isn't it? You, yeah. There's no hard and fast rule. Um, but it, one thing, one thing I would say, and particularly from that angle, I mean, even as a you know someone who operates in the SEO world, I typically do not advise anyone to go down that keyword rich domain name unless it just does happen to be the the right name for their brand yep. because you know and and this is this is something i think is really important to, for this issue is what happens 5 or 10 years from now when you you know whatever that keyword rich domain name is is no longer a keyword that people use anymore or, yeah. or the world changes and you know i've had a couple of you know i mean seo is an interesting one for that there's a lot of you know companies that were you know click something or other yep. or, or you know you seo or something. he just touched yeah so. right and, and this kind of stuff what yeah. happens when it changes yeah and you've got this name and, and you know you and i obviously um you know came together through a through a different different yes. world which was the world of music and and uh and nightclubs yeah. and <laughs> way back in the world. in the day it was a good world you know and we did that we, with you know we had our name for for our events was melbourne techno collective yeah. you know and we went through a period where techno was the worst it was the dirtiest <laughs> word in the, in the world right and and yeah that's it and and what are you you know and that that gave me an experience of saying you know what i will never again have a name um, for, for anything that I, I'm involved in that is, is the category, category, you know, because yeah. that's how the world changes. And, you know, SEO once upon a time was, was the big thing that all small businesses were like, we need SEO, we need SEO. Now it's social media and it's Facebook. Um, yeah. So if you're left with this sort of, you know, whatever it is, you know, click, 
I shouldn't name anything. There's probably a no, company out there, but you, you, you're left with that name. Then you're stuck with with the baggage associated with an old, out of date. And it often happens with businesses for a, for their place, mm. like Melbourne this or that or yeah. something weird. I, I yeah, and then you want to move into Sydney or New York. After the street they were in. Um, and then they moved. Yeah. And I was like, what are you going to do? And they just kept the name, I think. Yeah. Um, which was always was odd. But that's right. You've kind of got to be thinking ahead. But I, I hadn't thought of it from that yeah. point of view specifically. And, and then what do you do? And, and, and with, a, with an invented category or an invented name, well, at least in that scenario, you know, you're, you can rebrand very easily, yes. right? You can be very nimble with the way that you rebrand. And that's why, like, the, the name sometimes um, can be in, in invented or... Um, there's another category called evocative. So, you know, if you think of Jaguar, car's mm. got nothing, evocative names got nothing to do with the, yeah. the actual product or service, but they evoke a feeling. So, you know, that's slick and fast and that's where yeah. Jaguar kind of comes from. Um, so you can have a name that still doesn't say what what, what you do um, and, sorry, still doesn't have a direct kind of connection to what yeah. you do. It's more evocative than that. But... Um, it's then how you, how you, whatever you wrap up with that so that, you know, you're going to have to work a little bit harder. Jaguar has been around for, you know, yeah. however, tens of fifties, probably hundred years now. Um, but if you're starting out and you call your, you know, whatever it is, J Jaguar, then it's got nothing to do with what, what you do. Then you're going to have to work hard initially, which is, which is fine. But, um, that's where like having a, you know, business descriptor that kind of locks in underneath it. And I, I, my background is originally as a graphic designer and then I you know, moved along off to the strategy side throughout my career. But I remember hating, I, if you design a logo, I just want it to be the logo and all yeah. those other extra bloody <laughs> words. But I think they're really Im, Im, important and um, because if you've got a name that doesn't you know, say anything and people aren't sure. And the, the big example for me, um, for anyone that is a footy fan out there, was um, the JLT series last year. So. NAB, National Australia Bank, um, had been sponsors of the mm. um, the preseason competition for a long time, and then they they were either gave up or outbid. I don't know what happened. But a new sponsor last year was JLT, and the JLT's Community Cup, I think it's called, or something. And I was sitting in a pub with a mate of mine, and he goes, "Do you know what JLT means?" I was like, "No, I actually never really <laughs> thought about it." And we were watching the footy, and they'd spent heaps with JLT, JLT. Their logo was around the whole ground, and. JLT, that's all it said. Nothing, mm. that's it. And and I just thought, what a waste of money. And so yeah. I Googled it later and they're in finance or something, but their logo looks like a cruise liner. Yeah. <laughs> like it could be anything. And so um, I ended up emailing the CEO and he never emailed me back, funnily enough. But, the you know, they wasted that. Yeah. that, that well, it's, it's funny because I had the exact same thought. Now, you tweeted about this, I yeah, think, I think I when, did it, when it happened. Um, and I, when I saw your tweet, because I had the exact same thought and I did the exact same thing. Yeah. I Googled them and I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if it, you know, how many other people were Googling them. And, 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 you know, of course, these kind of things do, you know, we know JLT now. Again, yeah. I, I don't know what I do with that information. But I still don't know. I either. still don't so, really. Yeah. So that's the thing. That's fine. And so you go, okay, people Google it if they don't. But a lot of people might not either. They, you know, they just, they might not do it. So why make it too hard for them? And then I, I, I thought I was sure that this year they would decide to change that. But, but I don't think they have. But I guess the moral of that story for me is it's okay to have a few other things that lock up with your logo to, to, to help with your positioning. Because yeah. at the end of the day... Um, especially if you're spending God knows how many hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to maybe 
more than hundreds of thousands of dollars to, you know, to sponsor that. Um, why not just make it easy for yeah. some guy and his mate seeing a pub, you know, in Sorrento looking TV to see that, oh, JLT, they do this. It, it, do you think it sort of, it also, you know, a, a maybe a more important thing is what you do next. You know, for, for me, it's funny that you mentioned that. I mean, I still can't get out of the habit of calling that the Ansett Cup. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure Ansett haven't been around now I'm for a decade sure or more. Um, so, so you know, there is some equity that you build on that and that if they followed that up with another big campaign to sort of explain who JLT is, then maybe, you you, you know, it's, it's probably not too late for them now if they no, want not. to return your email. <laughs> to, you might send it again. Yeah. I'll send it in the podcast. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I mean, you can follow this up. So there is some equity that you get from that anyway. The, the, the name yeah. is now recognised and, and you can follow that well, up. Well, this is the else. thing with having an integrated strategy, isn't it? Like mm. is, if, you've got all the, if you've got the budget to spend on, you know, a sponsorship like that, Make sure you have enough to do something else with it, yeah. you know, or not spend, you know, all your money in one spot, and yeah. then hope that to kind of happen. And, that, and that's it's right, isn't it? It doesn't really matter true. how big or small it no, is. Right. If you put it all into that one spot, yeah, then you're yeah, only going to get that. That's you know whatever that. <coughs> and, lift is. and that same discussion went on with Eddie Had. So they've been the naming rights sponsor mm. at Dockland Stadium, Eddie Had Stadium for the last. I mean, it would be. Um, Demarca did all the. Um, I uh, worked on that brand and also did all the signage and stuff. And I think it's just when I started there. So it's almost 10 years. And that's an example years. too. I actually had never heard of Etihad. No, um, so they, they, that was perfect for them. Yeah. They've had it for nine years. It's now going to change the end of this year. It might even be next month to Marvel Stadium because it's been yep. um, um, sponsored now by Disney. And But there's, there's, there's a, um, I remember reading about at the time, there's, there's a kind of rule of thumb that you get to about nine, ten years, yep. and is it worth, you know, is it worth it anymore for a brand? They yeah. know, um, you know, everyone knows it as Eddie Head Stadium, and they'll and same thing before Eddie Head Stadium. It was Telstra, Telstra Dome, Dome, Colonial Stadium, Colonial point, before yeah. that. So we still remember those, and I do distinctly remember, you know, for maybe a year, maybe a couple of years in my head, it was still Doc, uh, still Telstra Dome. You know, for a point, so they get that residual yeah. know, benefit from that. Um, and that's certainly Eddie. I mean, the, Eddie had a good example of I had never heard of them before they came along and got the stadium rights, and it was what they did to follow up that some. Or Eddie had's now just a household, yeah, you know, yeah. brand in, yeah. in this country. Um, so, so yeah. So now they'll the, the, and I'm noticing. So now you know, think of Mar when I first heard that, I was like Marvel Stadium, <laughs> and you know, really doesn't. Um, uh, I don't know, doesn't engage with me too much. And yeah. I do have a little boy, but he's too little for um, to marvel, but maybe that won't be too long. But it does sound like there's a real push in in, in AFL to to start connecting again with, with children. And yeah. they must have some research um, somewhere that that, that that is gonna be really important. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, it's got to a certain size without digressing too far. It's got to a certain size. Isn't that the point, Sam? We started. We are digressing. We, no, but we, this is what the podcast is about. We started our conversation at, you know, how do you protect your, yourselves and the story of our brand name. And we've ended up talking yeah. about, uh, you know, the, the naming rights. Yeah, But yeah, it, it, it is an interesting. It could be quite exciting. I definitely think it is a connecting with the kids. And, and you know, one thing I think about that is, is it's got so big 
and it's very formal and it has to be. You have to be safe at a big stadium when there's 100,000 people going to a, a football game. It's, you know, it's different. It's a different world and, yep. and you've got your, your seat that you sit in and there's, you know, people at every aisle making sure that you're sitting in the correct exactly. seat. And, you know, it's a, a lot of that has made it a very cold experience for mine, yep. you know, and, and um, certainly the AFL pushed back into some... Um, you know, some more of the suburban games, particularly talking about the JLT Cup in, yep, in those. And, 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 you know, it's amazing going out to, you know, uh, as, a, as a Bulldogs fan, going out to the, to the Witten Oval. Yep. Um, and, you know, and yeah, even my little three-year-old can kick the, the ball around in, and, you know, it's, it's got that sort of community. And that's what I remember from the footy is you could go and, you know, when you're too young to watch a full game of football, you can kick the ball around and you can do a little bit of this. And yeah. so, you know, I think it's probably really important that they push back into into creating that fun family environment that isn't just some, you know, most kids, even a lot older, you know, have trouble sitting in one of those bucket seats for two hours. Yeah, you know, they, they, they do. But it's, um, I guess it's always been the way that little bit, but there was, it was a bit more relaxed, wasn't it? Yeah, in the day? yeah. Anyway, I did, as, as much as we've digressed, I, there was, I did want to sort of bring it back to that the, that idea of, of the invented name. Yes. And uh, just had a pure curiosity is, is there some sort of template or technique that, that you go in creating these names? Is, is yeah, so we use um, a bit of a framework um, that um, where there's, there's four types of names. So um, when you talk about how we met Sam, which is through music in nightclubs, I remember trying to come up with names for my club night and it was, um, you know, I would just be walking around looking at things going, what about tree, <laughs> tree? Oh, someone said, no, what about this? What about, and you know, it was just really random. Yeah. And then eventually you come up with something and you kind of have a look around and it resonates and you go with it. But to make it easier, um, we break it down into four categories. So there's um, functional or descriptive names. So they're normally names that are um, like the name of a person. Um, so, or an acronym like Qantas mm. or Kellogg's or, you know, Sam, Sam's, you know. Sam McEwen Marketing. Sam McEwen Marketing. <laughs> um, and so, um, so they're very, very, um, uh, you know, just um, functional of that name. Then there's um, invented. So um, you look for words, you know, in, invented ones really much. So as I was saying before, you can make up words, you can take a word that's similar and take some letters out, you can jam a few words together, you can make nonsense names mm. um, out of them. Um, then there's experiential. So th they're, the, they're names that uh, I, um, they talk about, talk to the direct experience of the the product or the service. So um, one I always thought was interesting with that and I'd never thought of it before was like um, Netscape Navigator or um, Apple Safari. Like they're all doing the same thing. They're, the idea if you get yeah. the experience of, you know, going on a journey through the internet, you know, we're going to navigate you here or Safari, you're going to go on a, an interesting journey. So they're experiential names or um, uh, Palm Pilot is always a cool name. You know, it's a pilot. It's a, in your... Mm. So, and then there's evocative names, which I was talking about before. So that's like, like, like Jaguar is my favorite yeah. one of those. And they're talked to the experience of it. It's all Red Bull. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with the product, but it's like, you know, I don't know, it's big and yeah, you know, aggressive. aggressive and, and, yeah. So um, we look through, um, uh, just look through those categories and try and break it down um, and work through it systematically that way so that. 
Um, it just makes it easier than walking around going, oh, tree, that'll do. Like, you know, you can actually think about it strategically. Um, and then at that point, um, we'll look at, so, so we'll take those names. And before, and before we do this, we've, um, we've worked, we have a brand strategy there. So we've got um, something to actually, you know, we've got a value proposition or a character of a brand or a brand essence or a slogan that we can, you know, we can help us identify what that name might be. And um, that's the number one part of the, 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 um, the game, actually getting, getting that right first. And uh, whenever we've got a business that comes to us, you know, wanting to, you know, come up with a name, we'll actually just wait, we'll do the strategy as if, you know, and we'll call, we'll make up a name so that we're not talking about business name in, <laughs> yeah. in brackets. We'll make up something, you know, just for. And then after we've done that, it often becomes clear in the area that you, you yeah. know, where the name should be. Is that the story about, was it Omo that that, that was a, a nonsense? Sure. I was, yeah, I'm sure I've heard this before that the, the that Omo, the, the laundry name. detergent, was, was the fake name and they ended <laughs> up loving it up. so much that it, that it became the that's name. A, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, we have had one fake name which was, which almost came a, became a reality, um, but yeah, we once we so we the strategy we work through each of the um, the categories of name, and then get it down to about um, you know five or six in each category if we can, and and at that point we're also then we're going and testing them. Actually, throughout the whole process we're testing them. I'm always chucking them in IP Australia or in the UK one to to just check that we're you know that we're potentially in line and also always also looking for domain names or kind of thinking yeah. around domain strategies at the same time. And then we try and get it to about five or six per category to then talk with the client mm -hmm. about um, till we get to um, ideally taking say five, it's normally about three if I'm honest, um, to, a, to a lawyer. But going through those, you know, potential steps throughout it um, to the point that when you give it to the lawyer, it's you know pretty good. However, we had a was, was working with someone someone at the moment. We had what we thought was such a great name, and the initial advice from the lawyer was it looks great, and then um, didn't hear anything for a few weeks, and then kind of got a phone call, and I thought it was about to be you know pop the champagne, we've got it, and there was potential problems not here but actually overseas, and even though that wasn't part of the brief at the moment, they decided that. You know, if they yeah. were going to do this because it was just it was changing a brand name, which is a big job in itself. They were going to do that. They they um they they wouldn't. And that's probably an important message, I think, as well. You know, talking about you know creating a name that you know ten years go by and it's no longer relevant. You know, with those more functional names, I think the same thing is you know you, you create a name. You go, oh, that's all right. I'm just going to be. We're never going to go international. We'll, we'll just be an Australian business. You know, I don't I don't have those grand ambitions. And then if things take off. Yeah, you, know, you can find that these can change really well, and and you know I think that's certainly a lesson that I've seen a few times, and that I'd advise people to to think about is is don't limit, you know, like like sort of set yourself up for the absolute best case. You know, yeah. if the absolute best case is that your idea takes off, your business grows, you become a massive international brand. You know, even if that isn't part of your your dream or or uh, you know seems unlikely in the state that you're in now, who knows where you'll be and and. It's probably worth at that that early on um, stage to to do that plan. And yeah. Well, you know, let's look at it internationally anyway, and let's take that. There's a thing called the Madrid Protocol, and I'm gonna preface this conversation by saying I don't understand it 100%. But um, it's to do with the worldwide um, application of trademarks. In that, that if your country is signed up to the Madrid Protocol, if if we you know if sign up have a trademark in Australia, it, it somehow helps you 
potentially get it register it quickly overseas. Yeah, so okay. they can demonstrate that you've got it there. Now that doesn't stop, you know, people on the other side of the world having the same idea at the same time or having similar names. And I don't 100% understand what happens at that point. But um, it, you, you should be thinking ahead, but there's also, you know, you, it's also, you know, it's also very hard to think of every option, isn't it? So yeah. you, you kind of want to think ahead as much as you can. And um, but then these days everything's moving so quickly, yeah. and we, you know, experienced that with the name of this podcast. <laughs> it took four weeks, and someone had come up with the the same the same mm -hmm. name. And so you've got to. You also don't want to get yourself bogged down in too much red tape. That's right. That's right. And that's so, and that's a good point as well. And particularly, you know, you're talking domain names as well. A lot of them are taken, even if they even if the name hasn't been registered. Um, you know, and there is a and, and then the other question comes up is, do you buy the .com and the .co and the you know .audio and the .dot you know whatever yeah. Melbourne uh, and these and where do you stop? You know, so there is a balance where you've just got to go. You know what? It's this is really important, yep. but well, there's other important things when you're starting a business, which is just to launch your business. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And, and you can get a bit bogged down in that. I mean, on, on the domains, I mean, I'd probably get a couple and, and yeah. stop. Like, like I said, though, and, and, and I think, and you check opinion. back in in every couple well, of years. What's your opinion on that with the with domain names and Googling brand names and things like that? Like the, in terms of, I mean, I think they have to connect, but do you think that you have to have the domain that's exactly the same as your uh, Look, I, I think it's neater. You know, and I may be, I may not be your typical SEO type because I tend to operate from a brand sense. You know, I actually think that brand is more important than than keywords. Yeah. Um, yep. And that and that's the approach that you should take. And, and I, I just think it's neater. I think if you can, it's not a hundred percent important, but I do think you have that, it in there. But adding like, I yeah, think I, like my this. I mean, we, we were talking about it with a with a with a client. Like, you know, if you can add something that it sounds mm. like it's almost like a statement. Like you think about it, even now with passwords. The, used to be about having a word that had an uppercase and a lowercase <laughs> and, a, and a number and a character, but now the the the, the, the you know the, the the tightest passwords are actually like you know the the chorus of your favourite song and it's something <laughs> you can well it's something you can easily remember. So yeah. it might be that the the web address can be a bit longer because yeah. it's you'll you'll remember to type that yeah. in. Look, I think that there are. I would go, like, even if you've got a name that is non-descriptive, and yes, great, there might be all this sort of SEO value from a descriptive name, I would actually go with the domain name that is your brand name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then know that, there, well, there's other things. There's meta titles, there's headlines on your page, um, and there's all sorts of areas that have very good SEO value that you can you can actually put those keywords into, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and find that balance that way. Well, I always find that balance is a good one, and maybe it's a um, we have digressed uh, along <laughs> an awful lot, probably at the point where we sh should should wrap this this conversation up. But maybe to, to to finish off on that, I remember having butting heads with a, an SEO guy years <laughs> ago, five years ago, talking about. Um, um, you know, a website we were working on, and and really having to fight for um, what I what I ended up saying to talking to him about was, you know, branding for humans, which is the human yes. experience, and and branding for computers, which is you know, so you have a website, um, you've got a it's there's a human experiencing this, so yeah. um, and that is very important. And I understand equally, or maybe not as equally, <laughs> in some ways, there's a there's a bot crawling that website. Yeah. Um, but you've got to marry them up, don't yeah. you? And th like. there's a balance, yeah. and and you know we probably make it hard for ourselves sometimes. But our advice to clients is always 
to to focus on that human first, right? Oh, for long term, we were friends for some reason. <laughs> long term, you never go wrong if you focus on that human. Correct. And then you know, our, we see our job when we work with with you know brand agencies yeah. and creative agencies it is to to introduce that that the right amount of conflict. So hey, you know what? There's some guidelines here that we're going to have to do. If you're creating a beautiful visual website, um, you know what? There's a certain amount of text that we're going to have to go on there. Go and find a creative way, a beautiful user experience that can that can allow us that amount of text or yep. that headline. You know that that is keyword rich yep. somewhere within that. You know without taking away from that brand value and it's a compromise. But you know the one thing that we say and we get a lot of clients come to us and go, oh, we're building this new website. Can you do a site architecture for us? And, and we <laughs> we tend to say no. We should do that right don't take advice on your beautiful new website from your seo agency yeah. go and design that website from a user experience point of view and then bring us back what you've done and we'll find the ways to get our seo in in that you know yeah. to create okay well we're going to need some extra pages but how can we you know introduce them without ruining your beautiful user yeah. experience so i reckon that's a good conversation for us to have in another episode yeah um, i've had some from a brand side of things had a bad experiences with that and some really good ones as well and I mm. think um, I think there's probably listeners out there that would be um, would like to hear some yeah some, and, and some look stories. It, we'll do that and, and you see it you see it all the time you see the small business that just says oh well, you're the you're the expert trust you and the SEO guys just go you know go to town on their website and and, um, and you know you end up in a big mess um, you know and, and then you see the opposite too you see these beautiful websites that just have you know big brands and they've invested all this this into their brand but you can't find them online yeah now we do need to wrap it up yep. before we wrap it up I think there is another important part sort of bringing us back to the core of, of brand protection we spent a lot of time talking about IP and trademarks um, but the other side of, of it which I think is really important is there's a lot of businesses out there with names they can't trademark yep. the name just you can't trademark it because um, you know it could be a, a way that any business needs to be allowed to describe that yep. um, you know and and so for those brands it's fine in some ways you're protected well, no one else can trademark can, it either but you can trademark a look there so yeah. they're able to trademark what they what you look like. Yeah. So no one can pass off as as you. And yeah. I was having this conversation last week um, with a with a client that um, you know potentially they were talking about how much they needed to protect their names because their their product um, is only sold through certain distribution channels. So the end of the end user. Um, can only really get the real thing through this distribution channel. Um, and so they were like, well, do we really need to protect ourselves that much? And they had a point. They have in the end, they've kind of gone gone through it. Um, but, you know, as, as long as I was, then I was sorry, just to, to kind of clarify on that. So then I was thinking, well, it's an interesting point, actually. At the end of the day, con, you know, consumers are pretty savvy. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, they can tell when a fakes a fake and and mm. potentially sometimes they'll be looking for a fake but maybe that's the problem for the for the brands then but you can protect yourself until what you look like and yeah that's as, and that's it that's important do. the other thing you know the one that that I came across was a relatively small brand been around for a long time you know pretty content you know they had their growth ambitions like everyone but pretty content to sort of operate in the world that they were in and, and tick along as, as business as usual um, and then along came um, a potentially bigger brand, it yep. emerged into the market, fund, well-funded with much grander ambitions, big PR strategy behind it, came along in the scene with almost identical name. 
And, and I remember dealing with them at the time, they were terrified. You know, there's a lot of emotion because it was like, we were happy just in our little world. Yeah, and then, not. and now, we could end up, um, you know, th this new player could end up being the recognized brand. You know, we could end up looking like the phony. The phony, yeah. Um, you know, and, and um, you know, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. So a, a, a lawyer would probably say you sh should have protected yourself earlier. Yeah. And there might be, uh, you can protect what you look like. There'll be other things that you can protect. You might have other you know, products or, part, you know, might, you might have productized your business or there might be a, I'm, I'm not, you know, yeah. you, you've got to look to protect your way yeah. self in some ways. Um, um, but it's a, it's a good example, I guess, um, to, to, to kind of use yeah. when people are thinking, I just want to kind of motor along. <laughs> and that was the thing with my, um, my blog coming back to that. Like I wasn't, I wasn't competing with anyone. Mm. I was just going about my way. You know, I wanted to have this as a platform to just share my my thoughts and and get them out there for myself or for anyone that was interested. And then it was someone else that came into the scene and yeah. and and kind of took that off me in the end. Yeah. Um, whereas I was just happy to kind of motor along. Yeah. So in that sort of instance, it's interesting. I mean, the, if it's a business, like yeah. I think you've got to th you've got to be you've got to be serious. Then don't and you? We, I mean, I think the, the interesting one is: is there a case to to sort of suck it? I mean, in this example, they ended up probably, and this is I think is an important lesson: they panicked early on, and then it turned out to be no big thing. Right, and, and we took some precautions and we did some things from an SEO perspective yeah. and domain name protection and stuff like that. Um, but it ended up sort of, you know, a year down the track, they were like, oh yeah, well, you know, we're, we're still doing our thing and we've got a different angle and we're known for what we're known for. And, the smaller and, business. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it turned out not so bad. You know, the other example going back to the music industry is Kiss FM. Yeah. Right. So, and you know, this um, you know, history for me is is you know, I used to be a, a DJ at Kiss FM yeah, and I played on Kiss quite a few yeah, times. As yeah, well. and I had I had a podcast there as well. Um, and then along come KIIS, you know, which was a rebrand of uh, no, what was it? No, what was the? Um, I can't remember who yeah, that was. Nova, was it? No, it wasn't Nova. Nova was still around, oh, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it shows that. Yeah, <laughs> much <commercial> radio. <laughs> yeah. I listen to. Um, it was one hundred one point one. Um, that's probably still there. Yeah. There, um, I don't know. It was one of those sort of soft rock that, stations or something. But now that was an example of a big mega brand just not even taking any notice of this little tiny local community radio station that's been around forever. And were they protected? I can't remember. Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened. I mean, they, they both still exist. Well, and that was this FM that still was around. The, and that was the. Um, we might follow up with that in the in the yeah. notes actually to see if we can find the. Um, the articles from the um, the the court case and stuff like yeah. that. But I do remember thinking that was a no-brainer. There's a radio station here in Melbourne that's been broadcasting since 1995 yeah. um, on and off, and it was you know they were you know, Kiss FM worked you know went really hard to try and get their full-time license. Yeah, and they didn't quite get it, but they got the community license. When I heard that, you know, this kiss with kiss with two eyes or whatever you call that yeah. was coming in, I just thought that's a no-brainer. They can't do that or they're going to have to pay them something. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe then, they did. But, uh, yeah, my recollection from that was this, it was like, sorry, you know, you're just going to have to coexist. And I think that's as a, and a funny way to wrap, wrap it up, perhaps. This is what we did last time. We've said we're going to wrap it up three times <laughs> in 20 minutes. But, um, in the end of the day, it just, it's, it's often just about the lawyers, isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. with my one, 
you know, I, if I felt like fighting it, I, I could have. And you can often fight and, you know, spend the money to fight. And in the end of the day, the, the lawyers win there. Or you can choose not to fight and um, yeah. and let it, let it go. Just roll or, over. In that instance, they kind of both coexisted. And yeah. it was probably because, you know, there, it was just, that was the best. It was going to happen. Yeah. It was going to happen that way. And, and maybe, maybe again, you know, there's, there's, they're two different markets. No one who listens to Kiss they're FM. Radio, though, like I, yeah. Like from well, and then, but even in then, you know what? Your audience for the traditional Kiss FM will always be the audience for that. They will never listen to the other station. In, pro, in some respect, it might actually unify them together to be a little bit militant in, in the good sense yeah, of the word, yeah, which, you know, and, and really, yeah. you know, get behind their little community station and, and that could be a great thing. Um, you know, the big, you know, behemoth brand, well, it doesn't matter what they call themselves, you know, everyone will know about them. They've got the billboards everywhere and the, and well, the big the presenters. Spend, spend all the money. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and, and probably at the end of the day, you know, you know, it's not great. But, well, it, has, but it probably exist. hasn't been detrimental, has it? I mean, no. maybe that's that. I, I read um, <clears throat> there was an article in the paper a few weeks ago about Aldi, and about how they uh, they've been um, you know the way they launch brands and they they really um, end up having a fine line between um, you know passing off of a brand and and uh, and copying and if you go through Aldi you can see so many situations and I know they've been sued a number yeah, of times. Yeah, wow. I know the law, um, especially in the examples that was given in these, um, the, the the judges were you know keen to kind of not treat consumers as idiots. Yeah, and that they can you know then they, they well I think Twisties took um, Aldi to court for their cheese twists, twists or something yeah. and. He's like, people know they're not buying twisties. Yeah. Um, they're buying another product here. But, um, you know, having said that, they are trading a little bit off that, yeah. that idea. And while, while consumers aren't stupid, um, there's a, you know, a little bit of a brand trigger that goes off in your mind when you think of cheese twists as yeah. twisties, isn't there? Um, but uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of, like I said, all comes down to lawyers in the end, which is like <laughs> most things in life. Yeah. But um, to, to kind of, I guess, to wrap up the key points I think we've kind of covered today was make sure you, you know, treat it seriously and, and protect yourself. The online tools, at least in Australia, are, are good, but they're not foolproof. And mm. I, I can absolutely vouch for that. Um, so if you're running a business and you're planning to invest in it in your time and, 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 and money and developing a brand, Make sure you you do get that insurance of an IP lawyer to, to to check that off or give you advice or you know stop you in your tracks before you go and and um uh, and infringe on someone else's as trademark and other than that the the world of naming is uh, quite complex and with plenty of layers and different ways to approach it which I guess makes it interesting doesn't it Yeah definitely so yeah agree I mean I think preparation is is the key do that do that planning <laughs> yes, um, don't did. panic if things go wrong there's always a solution and and much of the time um, it doesn't end up half as bad as it seems early on yeah um, and um, yeah I think just just keep on carrying on you do you and yep. uh, and um, yeah, I think that's uh, there's, a, there's some interesting lessons there. So put some thought into it. Yeah, yeah, good. And we've I think from this we've got a few things to talk about in the next podcast. So we yeah. might wrap up episode one of uh, of the Brand Width podcast, and we did definitely cover the brand width of, of yeah. The there was some today. width. So we've uh, we've started off well. Great. Thanks, Dean. Thanks, Sam. See you, bye.